0: Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have an interview I did on Spirit Wars Radio with Michael Basham of the Fringe Radio Network. And we cover a variety of different subjects, but the majority of our discussion concerns the rise of the occult in the third millennium since the advent of Christ. So please go check out Michael Basham on Spirit Radio. He has some excellent guests on it. On a variety of different theological subjects, this is only one hour of a two-hour and 45-minute talk. The last 45 minutes is a a follow-up show where Michael Basham and John from The Iron Show had a discussion. So you can catch the totality of our talk at Spirit Wars Radio on the Fringe Radio Network or on my podcast, William Ramsey Investigates, or my YouTube channel, which is also William Ramsey Investigates.
1: Thank you very much. Last show, um, while well, Johnny Iron and, and Rabbi Mike and I were talking about the third temple and the dedication of the altar, and um, and uh, Mr. Ramsey, I didn't know about that. Uh, about the hate. It's within
0: the last 24 hours. The, okay. something, it was either the Sanhedrin or somebody in Israel wanted to nominate Nikki Haley as the representative of the 70 nations, and it was something that you. And Johnny and Mike were talking about in that great podcast that was really the, the the primary subject of your podcast was about the Third Temple and what was happening around there. So, uh, and it was interesting too because you had met, Mike had mentioned seventy was the number that the Israel I think it was H Israel that the Jews used to indicate the nations. And so now it's just like there it is. And you and it was a it was a great talk that you guys did too because. It was really in the context of future prophecy as well so the notion that you're not only seeing that but this whole thing about nikki haley was pretty fascinating
1: i'll have to review uh recent events on that because things are happening so lightning fast and um um it's like we were watching the um the belly of the beast documentary that you did with uh justin fall and and tom horn and russ Dizdar. it was so cool to see all you guys on there and the information was just overwhelming and uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about just the um covering some of that information about the beast system um of course uh, william ramsey is an absolute expert on alistair crowley and has um come on our show before and we've talked a little bit about it but it'd be fun to just bring it up to date with these current events with the lawlessness and the government and what's happening with trump and and in that um interview it was johnny told me he's like this is creepy like i am not used to thinking this you know like wow it's imminently possibly actually gonna happen you know because we've been listening to podcasts for decades and reading books for you know some people have been at this for since jfk assassination you know and uh, now it's like well we might actually have you know the third temple and all this occult stuff is going on and and um wow i mean where to start really it's uh it's just—it's
0: incredible. It really is, and it's happening fast. You know, the the U.S. moves its uh, you know embassy there, and 70 years like here's this numerology again. It's been 70 years since the foundation of Israel, right? That's yeah. when that was it. So and then, the, you know, the 70 of, of Nikki Haley. So it's it's really incredible that that's happening, right around all these biblical events, where the occult is also happening too. Just kind of like predicting. So it's like like the Bible predicted. So. Uh, it's remarkable to see it happen just like you said yeah.
1: do you agree with the uh, pr- kind of the final premise the final analysis of like the antichrist being resurrected in george washington's tomb and and um do you do you feel like the the information about hillary on and and the dates of hillary's birth and all that stuff do you think that's is that something that we should really um watch out for and um I mean, is it is it theory, or is it like, okay, wow, this is like 99% probably what it is, you know? That's the answer. Your history with,
0: answer. But, but I will say that those guys, both the Clintons and the Bushes, you know, obviously have grown, grown up through the Yale, you know, Skull and Bone Society, and there's some type of affiliation. And there's rumors that George Bush Sr., who just passed away yes. um, on the 5th, he was, he was Clinton's handler when Clinton was at uh, Oxford studying as a Rhodes Scholar, right? So you see the super elite stuff, yeah. And uh, a great movie about this kind of thing was actually a Polanski movie called The Ghost Rider. It's really fascinating because the lead character in that, and there's a lot of numerology in that movie too. Polanski is definitely clearly a cult-oriented, uh, not only is he a criminal, convicted criminal. He was actually uh convicted of pedophilia he just never got he skipped on sentencing. They didn't have enough bail on him and so he skipped out of the country. But Polanski's thing the uh the central character is actually basically like a pastiche of George Bush senior. But uh the whole thing about Hilarion, getting back to your position it's hard, for me it's hard to to say that that's um that's all the truth I you know but I will say that they're heavily involved in the occult, you know, and he was. It was fascinating, too, if you watched the George Bush Jr. uh, memoriam when he was talking about his dad, he said, my dad was the brightest of a thousand points of light. So he makes this incredible occult reference that goes back to Alice Bailey, Lucy's Trust, all this stuff. So um, you can see this new, and George Bush said the New World Order is coming into view, and it really, it really is. He was really telling the truth. And it was an ancient dream. There was that famous speech he did 11 years to the date of nine eleven, September 11th, 1990, where he put all those code words in there. It's coming into view. It's an ancient dream. There's a bridge to a new world. You know, so they used this rainbow bridge uh, symbolism. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting for you to start at this out where you're seeing these heavy duty, biblical, prophetic things happening as well as the occult you know um so
1: yeah exactly and just you just reminded me that speech every time i hear it now it's just like somebody with tourette's syndrome it's like well we can really see a new world order coming into view for the new world order and the new world order and the new world order for the thousand points of a new world order we've heard it so many times but every time i hear it it just sounds like what is that and even trump you know people don't really get trump a lot of people think he's stupid or you know he speaks too simple he's always cutting himself off mid-sentence he's very smart the oh. way that
0: oh, oh hi. kitty
1: he, he knows <laughs> hey he always knows when i'm on the computer
0: i'm not moving so she oh can- yeah he, he figured <laughs> it out it's like a sixth sense he can come and say hi anyway no it's really yeah. true you notice that he repeats himself often intentionally he does that to to emphasize his point so his right re- he knows he's got re- rhetorical skills He's repeating himself in his audience. He's not trying to talk over intellectually. He's just trying to reach his audience, you know? So I, I think that he's been around for so long and he's really kind of an American, beat yeah. scion of a rich family who hobnobbed with all those people and gave them money, all of his antagonists now, you know? Maybe. So, you know, he knows the Clinton's very well. He knows everything. He knows the murders. He's very aware of the, I believe he's very aware just like Jones that, of how these guys commit, you know, assassination, have false flags.
1: Well, I was bringing that up to say, too, that he's like, what was that thousand points of light? I never got that. What did that mean? Of course, he knows what it is. Right. You know, but he brings it yeah. out there to kind of show them, like, I know what you guys are doing. Like, I know what's going on here, you know. Oh,
0: he's, yeah. Well, he, say, he says stuff he doesn't lay it out. Like, he says, oh, I'll start releasing papers because he's got all the docs probably that, you know, were stuffed away. And if you, if there, in recent news, there's all these whistleblowers that are starting to come out about the Clinton Foundation. So you're going to, I would suspect you will see future, I predict there will be future whistleblowers with all kinds of information. They're just waiting for the right time. Sessions is gone. There's, yes. a, new, there's a new sheriff in town, this guy Barr. And, the, you know, the interesting thing about the Huber thing, Huber was appointed as a special counsel out of Utah to specifically look at the Clinton Foundation. And they had a, meet, a hearing on the Clinton Foundation in Congress, and Hoover didn't show up. And it was very auspicious. Yeah, it was really remarkable because it was almost like it was a it was a stratagem just not to tell anybody what he has in his hand, you know? Like, no no visual and just keep people sweating. Yes. And so I'm still thinking there was a guy from the – and this is an interesting story, too. I wish I could remember his name. But he came forward information. The FBI went to his house and – absconded with all of his computer information and everything and just took it away from him. Uh, and the rationale was, is they want to keep the evidence alive. So it'll be interesting to see if that guy pops up again. Um, but yeah, so uh, Trump is very well informed and I think he knows what's going on, but I think that he's like, we were talking in the pre-show, he's a little bit too much like Kennedy actually thinks that he's the president of the United States.
1: Well, I've, I've had numerous um, just prophetic dreams about this, and so have many other people that when he became the president, it was really our chance to be the president and to start taking action and to start actually getting involved with politics. And um, I think anybody that's able-bodied and has uh, the background should consider themselves a valuable asset to kind of getting into position and, and working in these different agencies. I don't know if, how much you believe in QAnon, but he was saying like, look, if you guys want to join the FBI or the secret service, there's, there's a fast track for Patriots going on right now. Like if you guys have been following Q and all this, like, we're going to help get you in. Like we need, we need soldiers, you know, <laughs> it's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> that's cool. I, I have not followed Q, but um, I would suspect that's the case. I mean, if you look at the FBI, the top ha- 10 people in the FBI pretty much are gone. Comey's gone, all these other stroke fired, people demoted, and it shows the level of corruption at the very top, which is really terrifying. And uh, I'm surprised, you know, you can tell that there's two levels of justice in this country because Comey has leaked all this information. He was involved in the original dossier that started the dodgy dossier that started the Russian investigation, which is now like the two-year mark. And it's kind of like a faint, you know, he was involved in all this, this shady stuff and and looked over the Clinton, you know, Hillary Clinton's. Email server, which, you know, she had special access programming information on there. Like the top secret, you have to go into a room and abscond with that. What she doing with that? She never got busted for that. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, it's just incredible that these guys are that corrupt. I mean, I I would assume all there's a future for anybody. If this girl, uh, Octavia Sanchez Cortez or, or Ocasio Cortez can become a member of Congress. Anybody can. So I would definitely agree with you. Anybody who has even an inkling of wanting to be in politics should start now. They're a patriot too.
1: Well, it's good to have your, um, your green light on that too. I was a little suspicious at first because so many people are saying, no Q is definitely, oh, he's working for the bad guy. Cause some of the things that he said have been misleading, but then, uh, Praying Medic recently was on Daniel Duvall's program, laying it out. He follows Q to the T. Has a great YouTube channel that's just exploded. Uh, Praying Medic, David Joseph was on Supernatural show. Sid Roth, very trustworthy guy. Um, and he's like, look, no, there, there, there have been certain Q drops that were intentionally misleading for the enemy to think we were going this way when we we're going that way. So. That makes sense. I mean, it could be kind of covering, you know, your boo-boos, but...
0: Well, I think you have to see what is what is the real... Has Q really predict, predicted anything that's happened? Have they predicted... They've said that she's going to jail. They're predicting something's coming. But what in real, you know, by their act, you shall know that. What really has happened in the time that Q's been dropping? And, you know, yeah. all this speculation. What's really happened? Are they collecting? I'll believe it. If they arrest her or they, you know, start putting people when Huber comes in... that's when i'll say maybe this is all true but you know
1: all right yeah i guess we're just gonna have to keep keep fighting and and don't don't expect some shadowy government to take care of everything we need to just right think of ourselves like your show your youtube work your interviews william ramsey investigates awesome show um amazing guests and i have some questions for you about some of your shows okay but um just overall like your understanding of alistair crowley i haven't really been so acquainted with him until this year and i'm realizing that everything everywhere i go the worldly people in america they're just it's just do as thou wilt everywhere you go all time every day you know and anything that's under the law of god is considered hateful or you know anti-semitic or whatever yeah, whatever and, you yeah. transgender you know throw out the words. racist sexist homophobe transphobe whatever just throw the words out that's what christianity is so but and then the alternative is just do anything you want to do like just express yourself it's so beautiful on halloween to just you know cover yourself with baby blood and it's just expressing yourself and whatever you know i mean i'm exaggerating here but, but i'm seeing it more and more the more i've listened to you and some other researchers that it's like this is really at the core of the philosophy of literally everything it all comes down to crowley's just his whatever portals he was opening and i mean i don't know if that was if did you catch that in uh belly of the beast documentary they're talking about they were actually opening portals and that that um entity came through and everybody there uh sensed the presence of that um that lamb being
0: right yeah all monster working yeah
1: so it's, it's like we live in this world that is just so full of witchcraft and so full of insanity. And it's easy to get, you know, uh, yeah. overwhelmed. Hi, Mr. Sh- Mister Sheldon Ford is listening. And we've got some awesome people on Facebook here. Joel and uh, Michelle, uh, she just left. But people are listening. If you guys have any questions for Mr. Ramsey, just um, Colton Ruiz says, the beast system is intense and full of confusion. Amen. And it's a deep I mean, rapid... I
0: think that it's your The beast system is coming into view, just like the New World Order. I think the beast system in that definition is a subset of the elite ideas of the New World Order. It's not just the beast system. It's like total elite control,
1: just like yeah. Crowley
0: said. So you can see Crowley's ideas, not merely just the fact that he's in contact with entities trying to summon Satan, calling him Awas. Blind, he really blinded it through his work. So whenever you hear Crowley talking about AWAS. He's really talking about Satan and the receipt of the book of the law from Satan in 1904 really was something that you know is still carrying on through the culture. It goes through politics and you can see you know the 11 is everything do what that well it should be the whole of the laws is an 11 word phrase. So Crowley really codified the idea. So you can say even before Crowley, if you had a Christian worldview or even a Judaic worldview, you would be abiding, you would you, to please be pleasing for your actions to God, you would abide by his laws and rules. And then there would be other people who would ignore it. So they may not have codified the notion of do what thou wilt, but in their actions they, they operated on that principle. So I think that it's always been around for humanity, probably, I mean, since the beginning of Adam and Eve, about whether you're going to abide by what God wants the best for you and humanity or you know satan's dictum which is really do whatever you want and ignore the rules you know and you can you can selectively choose when to act like them like crowley would say love under law love under will you know so you're still like you can still love but you can do love when you will right so when you don't will then it's you know be at them successes i proved these things like that so i think that the ideology of Crowley that he codified in his religion in early 20th century is still, it's just something that's been around in human behavior and action from the beginning of time. Right.
1: He was kind of like a modern day uh, Solomon kind of like bringing together all those different floaty doctrines of devils and just into one, one big thing. Like they say, Solomon was like the, the father of witchcraft. I don't know if that's how you look at it, but um. Right, well,
0: didn't he, didn't he codify the Goetia or the howling? Weren't those demons, the, the Book of Solomon, part of that?
1: I believe so. And I, If I'm not mistaken, there was like 70 or 71. Person.
0: Yeah, 72, 72 demons. I think there's 72 demons of the Goetia. But it's interesting that that, because Crowley, when you say that he was kind of a modern-day Solomon, it's true because he took all of this knowledge from the past and then, put, and then integrated it into his religion for the future. So when somebody like, uh, you know, wrote Keys, uh, Keys of the Mysteries, Crowley transliterated that from the guy Eliphas Levy, right, who also influenced masonry. And so Crowley put that and rewrote those books and translated them so people could read them in the future. So uh, it's interesting you say that because I think you're right. I think he was a collector. and You have to look at Crowley as somebody who never really had a job his real job was occultism. He never, he just never worked. He had money from his family, so that's why he he was able to be so influential. Is that he dictated? You know, he put all of his time into this religion all the way to the end, all the way till 1947, a really auspicious year in human history and modern human history for a variety of reasons.
1: But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting point. Roswell was 1947, right? Right. I
0: think Roswell, formation of Israel, right? Um, The National Security Act, which started the CIA, was 47. So all these things happened in 47. Uh, Yeah, really remarkable year.
1: And leading up to the formation of Israel, and those two years were just crucial. And, um, of course, Hilarion was born. (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing when they were like, the music was building. They're like, and her name was Hilarion. <laughs> you know, like, well, this is- that was actually—it's interesting because that's the name that one of the
0: magical names Crowley had for one of his Scarlet Woman was Hilarion.
1: That's there is so much to that. Like, I mean, my my neighbor and I, Scott, we were watching it uh, a couple days ago, <laughs> and this just the barrage of the assault of information coming from you and Russ Dizdar and you know tom horn with his just unbelievably you know his eyebrows you know and standing in front of the Congress. and i mean you're just like oh i don't know what to do and i was taking notes i was writing down like those numbers that you were mentioning about 9-11 and right. some of the some of the stuff i wasn't uh very fresh on and i still have questions about but um what was it like um for shooting that like how 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 are those guys in real nice. life
0: You know, I had never really been, I hadn't been through Missouri for years. So I flew into Springfield and hung out at the Central Skywatch offices for two days. So there I was able to, they interviewed me one day and then I sat sat down with Derek Gilbert the next day and recorded a podcast. So it was cool to finally meet Derek. One of my first interviews for my Prophet of Evil book in 2010 was Derek Gilbert. So it was cool. Like he was joking that we have interviews every four years. So we had gone from, 2010, 2014 to 2018. So we talked about the Smiley Face Killers, which uh, they really had a, a, a huge event uh, within the last week the Smiley Face Killers events uh, with uh, the Dakota James. There was a press conference from his family. The original author of Case Studies and Forensic Drownings, which was the first book to really talk about this phenomenon, Jeff Cannon, was at the podium. With none other than Cyril Weck, probably one of the best known forensic anthrop- uh, forensic criminologists out in the world. He has both a law degree and a doctoral degree. And they had found on a, a case that I studied in great detail and followed. One of the many cases, Jim Dar- Jim Smith has probably seen 30 of these cases. But this is one of the cases where I, I heard of somebody abducted. And then I said, if they found him in water, I'm going to freak out. And they found him in water 40 days later. Wow. And uh, I had told the family. Band- well. Yeah, anyway, I was in con – the family was – they uh, got a second opinion, and their second opinion was Cyril Wecht. And Cyril Wecht had found in the autopsy reports ligature marks on Dakota James. So this was an additional verification of my findings and conclusions in the Smiley Face Killer uh, death phenomenon that they're being abducted and held either by ropes or, you know, something. So it looks like Dakota James was was probably tortured. So it was a pretty heavy event, but it should have been national news.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to put the links to all three books in just a moment uh, that were mentioned here. The Smiley Face Killers and uh, Profit of Evil. Um, people need to go check those out. And uh, Abomination, Devil, Devil Worship, and The Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders. So these are, this really leads perfectly into the uh, news item today that I wanted to bring out about uh, the rise of Satanism. And we have on YouTube, Dupsy Daisy, talking about Trump's role in these end times. We talked a little bit about that in the beginning. We'll we'll get back into Trump, um, just as far as like what God is doing right now. It's, you know, and um, so Michelle Faulkner's, nice to see you, Katie Duncan. Amen. Recompenses upon the earth. But we got to, you know, we have to be ready for some major action because right now Satanism is just on the rise and uh, there's a lot going on at the same time. So it's very important to keep your ears open. Um, But uh, there's there was an article today on Drudge regarding the rise of Satanism and the decline of Christianity and um, it's all connected, like is Dizdar helping with the FBI to find those uh, satanic ritual abuse victims. I've gotten to speak to some of those people off air. Um, you know, the the discovery of these, these cults that are, you know, the smile. Do you think that the smiley face killer um, phenomenon is that, and it's all in the area where there's so much coven nonsense going on, but do you think that that's pretty much like case closed satanic ritual abuse murder type stuff or um, I,
0: I, I wouldn't say conclusively that all of them are because of that but i do think that there it's significant that part of it and some of the cases like there was a case of naz rahimi in uh, georgia where he was hanging out with people who were doing all kinds of weird fetish satanist stuff off the charts and all kinds you know and uh, so yeah, I mean, if you look at the smiley face, it's seen in, in common culture in a lot of really occult contexts. And uh, there was another guy out of Philadelphia, same thing. His fam- He told his family, these guys are weird. They're doing strange stuff. I don't want to be around them. And then he ends up dead. And that was one of the Gannon cases. So I can't say conclusively, but I did surmise that something where people are connected with each other, they're definitely smiling. If you look at this guy, I would suggest – people look at my movie just to look into this one character, his name is Peter Christopherson, who was very influential kind of underground artist, video maker. And I used a clip from one of his videos where somebody is tied up in a fetish outfit being drowned literally with a tube in his mouth. And I think it fit for me. It was part of a video from Broken that involved, it was a video for um, Trent Reznor, Uh, one of his albums, and it was about fetish. But if if you ever watch, and it's very dark. It was actually, I don't know if it was ever really produced. And some of the FBI actually found a copy. I was told that the FBI found a copy, and they thought it was real. They thought it was so authentic as a snuff flick. Um, But the the broken actually follows what I believe is exactly happening, where people are going out in a group, looking for young men, abducting them, and then drowning and then dumping them. They don't, there's nothing shown about dumping in water, but all of these cases fit this profile where people should have found the bodies and they've already been searched by divers. And there's so many cases that I follow in my documentary. So for me to say conclusively, it's, I don't have that research capacity, but there's a lot of occult stuff involved. And I would suggest people look into this character, Peter Christopherson, as a, as a crow, he was actually a Crowley admirer also. So that was one of the, he actually had in his house, one of Crowley's paintings. So, and they, they show a clip from it where he has on his bookshelf, you know, all these Crowley uh, books and stuff. So he was definitely kind of like this high level adept, you know, like a band people don't realize that those people exist, but he existed. And he was a very creepy person. He actually, for fun, he would read forensics manuals. So he would learn about police forensics. Like how strange is that? So he knew how to trick things. He knew the evidence. He knew how, criminal procedures work, you know, how forensics procedures work. His dad was a professor. So he was very intelligent. So just because people are intelligent, like Crowley, doesn't mean that they they are good. You know, they can use that intelligence for evil.
1: Well, that's it's true. And obviously, um, a lot of the most intelligent people that you find right now, I've been going to a lot of, um, because my wife is getting her master's in divinity, and I've been just assisting her with some of the research. And I went on to one of these uh atheist versus versus a creationist debates on youtube and god bless this guy he was like up against a lot you know but he was exhausted by the end of the debate and just the arrogance of these people who are just like well everybody knows that there's not one shred of truth in the bible (laughs) you're just like that's not even like nobody intelligent even says that you know, oh, we there's accepted facts like evolution. Everybody knows it's it's totally true. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: Evolution is yes. not true. Right? If you ever no. research, research Darwin and the, the purpose behind the origin of species, it's a scientistical racetrack justifying uh, the British Empire, and it came out of the Royal Society. Come on, man. Come on, people.
1: One of the reasons I love G.K. Chesterton's work so much is because he traces back to the beginning of evolution he's like look i don't have a problem with the theory but my problem is how it's been so artificially you know racetracked into modern everything things. now. right
0: so it's not even like in that it's now become a matter of politics sociology right. that it's not just a mere kind of like uh physical science in a way it's like right. the ideology behind darwin and nobody ever talks about the origin of species and they don't ever talk about the subtitle which is the struggle for the favored races. No, the the battle for the favored races and the struggle for survival. Right, so it's like a racetrack. Yeah, the like, full title of Origin of Species. Have you ever seen Darwin making the sign of silence? No, like the occult sign of silence with this like the whisper in his face, which they all use. George Bush, mom, all these people, Crowley, oh my gosh, which comes really? out of all these secret societies. Silence is golden, dude. It's off the charts. What the hell is he doing that? Don't get me started. Evolution can be debunked very easily. The human body is extremely complex. There's all kinds of things going on, which is a real evidence for some type of creative hand behind there. And nobody's ever seen, nobody's ever seen species actually change. So they've never seen, you know, they've adapted. There's clearly adaptation, which Darwin saw in the Galapagos islands where these lizards started Becoming swim, but they've never seen those lizards become fish, right? Yeah. Or whatever. They've never seen these typologies change. So that's a real problem. And there's never any recorded history of typology changing in any historical record in human history.
1: And they're even backing away from it now. They're um realizing like, uh actually we can't really defend this. Uh we're just gonna say it's aliens. Yeah. <laughs> that's <what they're, laughs> that's a new thing. <laughs> Well, um oh, I'm putting your books there in the people check those out. Um and you know, all this stuff connects and that's why it's so important to have your voice out there. I'm so glad that you have a show that you do pretty much weekly, right? You have uh William Ramsey Investigates and two YouTube channels. But those are are so key and so um crucial for people to be able to um just keep abreast because the information is coming so fast and and I have another uh, question for you about um, the overall big picture um, coming straight from the, you know, from the Skywatch studios. That's, I heard they're building a new studio there too. That's I really know. cool. Yeah.
0: Did I mean, this studio yeah. is nice. Yeah. I saw the whole thing. They're, they're they They, um, I was impressed because I think they're really getting the message out through a lot of their, their uh, books. You know, they have so many authors now and so much, quality uh, offerings for Christians that that was really one of the cheap things that I would say was a takeaway it was like, wow, you guys are really humming on different angles, books, videos, podcasts, you know, so I, that was really cool. I really liked that part of uh, that part of Missouri too. It was really beautiful. The sky was slate kind of blue and a lot of cows. It was kind of funny because there'd be a house and across the fence would be a herd of cows and then another house. And a herd of cows, but uh, it's nice. The food was great, really. Yeah, but apparently it's a very. It's a, a sect. The sect is uh, I forgot something of God. It's a. It's a. It's a Protestant subset to which is part. It's part, mostly Baptist, and the other is uh, I can't
1: even remember, but uh, yeah, it was nice. So did you have dinner with uh, Tom Horn and all those guys or was it um, just like get in there and shoot the thing and then, and then like, get out of our sight? <laughs>
0: we no, well, they didn't really kick me to the curb, but we did have a nice lunch. I mean, it was pretty cool because, you know, it's clearly a company. There's definitely, uh, you know, people working in different avenues. So we had a nice, wonderful potluck m- lunch and then went out to dinner. Now, the reason I know the food's good is because we went to a great barbecue place and a couple other places. So um you know i spent a lot of i spent definitely a lot of time with justin and his brother you know just kind of chit-chatting and hanging out so.
1: what well, i had a message today from uh, one uh, one brother that's listening a new friend and he was just saying how important it is that we come together because it gives us a sense of just this is real you know like confidence in the fact that we're not just like one crazy conspiracy theory theorist maniac you know in town when yeah. we all come together it's like you got fifty crazy conspiracy guys right. Maybe, Well, wait a second. Maybe it's not conspiracy. Maybe this is actually happening. Maybe this is yeah. actually real. And we have a sense of camaraderie and to see the Skywatch Studios being built. You know, I take great pride in in and um, even the Infowars team. And I know that Hillary Clinton sent her lawyers there yesterday. And during the show, he had to like leave in the middle of the show to go deal with yeah. the most well-paid, most corrupt lawyers in America. Oh, what issue? You know? You know, I don't know what's going on. There's always some, I mean, they're after him. They just oh. want him off air. Yeah.
0: You know? He's got tons of lawsuits and all kinds of stuff like that. But it's interesting you make that comparison to InfoWars because you could, you could analogize Skywatch as kind of an InfoWars that started with one guy and then here comes Derek and here comes Josh Peck and right. here comes the Fall Brothers. And it just kind of added on naturally. I think that uh, Tom Horn's son, is now talking about a very important topic, which is health, you know, health related stuff, eating properly. So, um, and that way, you know, InfoWars probably just started with, with Jones and a couple other people. But I think that Skywatch is really great. And I think it's, you make an interesting point of coming together because that's kind of the way Skywatch, I think grew is that people found out from, I think the Fall brothers are from Georgia. Peck is from somewhere else. Gilbert came out of Philadelphia So they're all making this kind of gathering at this one place in Springfield, you know, to get the message out and I mean, because we are hurtling forward towards biblical end times. I mean, we're probably in it right now, where the level of deception is off the charts and it's incredible.
1: I'm going to post this article of um, the witchcraft moves to the mainstream in America as Christianity declines and has Trump in its sights. I guess, obviously, the witches have Trump in their sights. We are are just rolling right into this. It says that witchcraft is thriving in the U.S. with an estimated 1.5 million Americans now identifying as witches, more than the total number of Presbyterians. (laughs) Sorry, Presbyterians, beware. As Christianity declines across the country. Yeah. Are you, are you Presbyterian? I go to a
0: Presbyterian church. Yes.
1: I'm sorry. I just, okay. I love you guys. My family does too. Okay. That's good. Um, I love, I love the Presbyterian. Okay.
0: How, how do you define yourself?
1: Well, I've been through so many denominations that I'm, I'm kind of like a John, John McMahon, kind of Johnny Iron Baptist Catholic yeah. type of, you know, I went to a Jesuit school for a year, and I was like, mm, "I'm gonna become Catholic." And then I found out about them. I was like, "Whoa, no!" Copacabra. I was children of God for three years, and that kind of took me out of completely out of normal Christendom of on the radar Christianity. Although we were evangelizing the streets all day, um, we're studying the Bible like morning till night. You know, cults are really good at teaching the Bible. <laughs> and then I then I found out about you guys, the fringe uh, Christian movement. To me, was almost a denomination in itself, which is probably interdenominational. And then, um, and then in the last six years, the uh, mystic Christians that are kind of like the, the wild and crazy, what they call new age Christians. But I mean, you know, that's another story. Ian Clayton, I'm in touch with his, his people in uh, New Zealand and um, Neville Johnson in Australia, Justin Abraham, John Crowder came here to hawaii we went to see him peter good game was there so everything kind of overlaps and interlinks with all these different you know whatever my my dad used to take we went to a lutheran church when i was a kid um where i was bullied a lot and we got to play atari during sunday school <laughs> it was just like you know just dead denominations and then we went to a president the, the presbyterian church we went to was good because i went i would go to the men's bible study all World War II vets that were in the Battle of the Bulge and whatnot. So I was the youngest kid there. That was a good experience. And then I went to Japan and just kind of, you know, went off the radar, but I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I could go to a Presbyterian church. I think our pastor here is, uh, assemblies of God. So we occasionally.
0: Assemblies of God. That's the, that's the denomination that's heavily in Missouri assemblies of God. Okay. And the fall brothers, what the fall brothers kept talking about was the new apostolic reformation is kind of like, uh, her, they were not pop, They were not favorable toward it, towards its goals and aims. Have you ever heard of the New Apostolic Reformation,
1: Nor? Tell us a little bit about that. I'll write a note about. Uh, that.
0: I wish I I wish I knew more. Uh, they they claim to be one of the next five great churches. So Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, and then NAR is supposedly. But these guys all give themselves these really flowery titles, apostle. You know, Bishop, just some dude somewhere else. So they really like the the kind of flowery kind of language, which I don't uh, advocate in any way, shape, or form. But I think that they claim to be, you know, inspired. It's I think it's kind of like a new revelation. It's their idea. I wish I knew more about it. You have to get Justin Paul in here and talk about it. He can go, he can talk to you for an hour, hour and a half. Good. But I was like, what's NAR? He kept saying NAR, and I didn't know it was an acronym. I was like. What are you talking about? Nar, nar, yeah, the Gnar. new apostolic reformation. So, you know, I guess all these challenges are out there too, within with that within Christendom, within within the kingdom, and outside of the kingdom. You know, to kind of filter through all these ideals, ideas. Good
1: question. You know, and I don't know what the what denomination were those guys? Uh, what, what, is, what is Derek Gilbert, I, uh, Tom Horn, and all them?
0: You know, I didn't ask, but uh, Justin is a pastor's son. And I think he was a Baptist. I think they were Baptists. Okay. So he kept calling calling him his uh, pastor's kid. What he was calling himself anyway? So he has. He's very sharp about the Bible. Knows the Bible very well. But I, I didn't really I think it was Baptist.
1: You know, I just I think there's so much to be found in all the denominations, and I don't want to sound like a cafeteria Christian, but if you get to the heart of each one of you know Wesley and what happened with um, each core you know holy spirit outpouring there's some good stuff to be found everywhere and it's more about just like some people like to jump up and down and some people just like to sing from the hymnal and you know and uh overall i just want to make sure that we christians are walking with god you know that we have that personal time with the lord and, and our relationship with god and wherever you feel your spirit is drawn that you know you might find yourself um, listening to a variety of different pastors online. Uh, Rachel Stevens, who's on the Fringe Radio Network now, she has a big YouTube following, and she's interviewed Josh Pack recently, Steve Bankart, and uh, doing a great job. And she always says that the best churches now are on YouTube. So in a way, like, you don't really need to go. I mean, you should eventually find some physical body of, you know, Christians, in my opinion, but don't expect to get really, you know, fed, <laughs> you know, the meat. Uh, of a good part. point.
0: I mean, I mean, the, you, the purpose of a church is you had to go somewhere to look le- to learn that stuff. But if it's coming to you through a podcast, you're in an age where you can really sift through the ideas in a much better way. Look at the full gospels. Look at the different ideas and impressions. Who emphasizes what? Who it de-emphasizes things that I think in the past was not as readily available for anybody who was really trying to to suss out what, uh, what Christ meant and what was left, you know, what was in the new Testament.
1: William, do you have a, a podcast where you describe how you met the Lord and, you know, decided to start this fight against darkness? I don't,
0: I don't, but I was basically, you know, I was raised Christian and really when I was 17, probably 18, I wanted to realize I came from like, you know, divorced parents and just really, really a kind of a chaotic upbringing in a lot of ways. And really the most important thing for me is I actually started reading the Bible, and uh, I really wanted to know what was really in here. I'd gone to Catholic church, went to Catholic school, and reading, actually sitting down and reading the totality of the Bible wasn't really ever encouraged. You didn't read, you just read passages, and there was actually kind of like in the pews was the Bible Bible. And then also the kind of lection or whatever, which was from the, you would read it for the masses, right? So you'd have the masses numbered down and it was very rote. It was very stand up, sit down. And people who haven't been to Catholic church, you know, there was a huge cross in the center of St. Albert's church with Christ on it bleeding. So the iconography is very strong and you stand up, you kneel, you pray, you say the sign of the cross, you do a lot of gesticulating. And so for me, It was really, for me, was reading the Bible and then praying about it. Is this real? Is this really the real truth? And for me, I was, I mean, I tell people, I lifted my hand out to see if God was there and his hand was already out. So for me, that was it. And then I was pretty much a Christian all over. And I'd read, you know, I tried to get through the Quran. I tried to look at New Age stuff. I liked Buddhism. I looked through Judaism, you know, I look, I was a person who was willing to read a lot and really I, for me, it was God is a a living God, you know, that helps people out and answers prayers and is supernatural and is uh, wise and powerful and loves. And really probably the old thing is he loves all of his children. I believe he loves all of humanity in a way, kind of like Christ said, I don't, I don't love you as the world loves. You know, I think that in that part of the Bible, what he's saying is that he loves you from a cosmic, spiritual, heavenly place. And so for me, that was that was really the truth. And now, you know, I never looked back. It was the Pearl of Great Price type event. It wasn't, you know, I was done. I was a Christian. I believed in Christ, Christ is the Messiah, you know. That was it. So then I kind of just spent a lot of time reading and praying. I remember traveling. I worked in Yosemite. And just to add a Bible, I really just read the Bible. I didn't really read anything else. So that was kind of like a real, my own personal study. And I was a damn good Bible quoter. I could just hammer out verses and texts and I'm older now. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was young, you know, I was definitely a milk drinking Christian. So, you know, I was not a meat eater, but I had, you know, I was very passionate. People called me born again. And I would say, The truth is, is that I was born again. I don't qualify myself as a born-again Christian. Like, that's not, I don't, I've never felt the need to evangelize, but I felt to do, you know, I went to church, I tried to help out, I did things here and there, but, um, and that's really what led up. And so I think it was really my own personal views led to the time of really getting angry at the mass media and screaming at the TV, like, why aren't you reporting this? Why aren't you going to say this? Don't you know this is important? And I, a lot of these false flag, flag things that happened, you know, I didn't think were being reported right. And that's really, it was decades of stuff like my own personal research that led to my first book, that led to Prophet of Evil and researching and going, who's this person? Oh, I should probably write a book just to get that information out. And that was really, those were all the three of those books. It's interesting, you said earlier about the kind of rise of Satanism. My second book really is about the rise of organized Satanism, which is the West Memphis Three the, serial, uh, the sacrifice and murder of three young kids and the release of three Satanists or really, really the, the top Satanist, high magic, uh, Damian Eccles. The real name is Michael Hutchinson. He changed his name, but uh, really the involvement of Johnny Depp and all of these celebrities to help get him out of jail in August of 2011. And uh, so people who think that it's some kind of like, for me, it's not vague at all. It's literal, tangible, Satanism, Crowleyism. This guy was Crowley. They brought the reason I got involved in that case is because they brought up Crowley in the trial. So there actually there were actual transcripts and videos of people asking Damien Eccles about Alistair Crowley. And so I said, "Well, what's this case?" And I had thought they had gotten out on a tech, technicality. I really didn't know. There's something really shady about them getting out. I'm not saying anybody got bribed, but there would they raised ten to twenty million dollars uh, for their legal fund. And, you know. Anyway, if you look at all of their fans and friends, it's actually kind of disturbing how many people idea, uh, idealize this guy who, according to the testimony, according to the people involved, Jesse, Miss Kelly, and that killed three eight-year-old kids. And you know, Corley's perfect ritual is a young child of perfect innocence, right? So that's the perfect sacrifice. And they were drowned in water, which kind of correlates with the smiley face killings. And there seems to be some kind of dissipation of the spirit in water sacrifice with these things that I don't fully understand.
1: It's just, and I heard a podcaster that's not very well known and I need to find him and, and interview him, but he put it, he put it together so well. He's like, all you're seeing with all this news about, you know, introducing pedophilia, you know, this new transgender kid and all this stuff. And it's bringing people to the old gods and the, you know, the resurrection of child sacrifice being normalized because that's what it was thousands of years ago. All we're doing is we're seeing a return to ancient devil worship. So again, you know, we got to get organized too. Like these don't expect your church people around you to wake up. But yeah. I think us meeting together and, and talking like this and and boosting people's confidence, you know, you can be a light in your job, you know, even, whether you're an evangelist or someone that exposes, you know, the lies in the world, you know, you're a part of this really army of God that's organized by the Holy Spirit across all denominations. I mean, that's just like a a physical way that you can see things. But I think in a higher level, like you, you graduate into almost like a multidimensional doctor. Like I was sitting at a a sports bar the other day and the bartender knows me pretty well. Um, I worked with him and he's like, somebody's asking me, well, are you a Christian? What kind of Christian are you? And I, I didn't know where to start. I was just like, you ever watch doctor who and like, yeah and it's like oh it's my faith is kind of like doctor who i guess you could say just like a doctor who you know series and and they, they're all cracked up and it's just like that's pretty much the way it is you just exist outside of their radar but we're engaged with like the alpha and the omega and these ancient enemies and you know you have friends all over the planet you know i mean william Ramsey walks into a bar Maybe nobody there knows you in in the flesh, but then thousands of people are watching everything you're doing every time you post anything, anywhere you go, and everywhere you say anything. You know, it's like yeah, well, I have a lot of start, farms,
0: and I got all kinds of ghost watchers too, uh, both from the bad side and positive.
1: Wow! Side. Tell us of- about tell us about that. How did uh how does that or can you talk about that? Like these, uh, you've gotten threats, you know, for for investigating the smiley face killers. And other
0: well, it's interesting because, you know, it's almost like I was seasoned or prepped to do this type of stuff because I go back to being in D.C. with the original death of Vince Foster and going through, a, you know, extraordinary circumstances where people did not want you to talk the truth about his murder, you know, it was supposedly a suicide. And that's kind of the way the elite uh, get away with a lot of these crimes is mischaracterizing him. So Seth Rich's uh, robbery. He committed suicide, he, you know, he killed himself. So I've been around these lies and I'd seen the machinations of both the police state and these political parties. So some of these things that been, are tied to the political, like the apex, the top of these political parties. So I think once I put these out, you know, I put out profit of evil and all these high level Crowley lovers came after me. So Michael Tsarion has posted on, has posted on Amazon I had another guy out of uh, Portland, Oregon. He was a high-level OTO member. I've had secret ones. I had all these people post that post out. And when I when I published Abomination, uh, that brought in this whole horde of witchcraft-loving acolytes of Damien Apples. So if you go look at my book, I have thirty-five percent of Abomination is one-star reviews, and then sixty-five percent are five-star, and it shows that. There's a social mute movement coming out of Damien Eccles is actually under a fake name, gave me one stars to all my books. And we could, somebody smart enough traced it back to his Amazon site and figured out that it was him because of the clothes and stuff that he bought. But um, now I got threatened to be sued by, from a goon of Damien Eccles, a guy whose last name was Wilson threatened to sue me. And Amazon actually, to their credit, uh, gave, took my side and I was able to republish my book. Without, so, you know, according to fair use doctrines, you can publish other people's artwork if it's for color or commentary. You're allowed to comment on people's books. So I thought I was within the law by publishing Damien Echols' deranged artwork full of butterflies and heads and weird stuff like that. Um, so they were going to sue me for that. And I, would, I think I would have won that in court. And so they never really progressed it much farther. But they tried to get my book taken off Amazon, which tells you. I was over the target, you know, so um, I took that position, by the way, I was at that time, I was very, I was probably one in 100 people who thought they did it, and was talking about the Satanism, because people wouldn't talk about it. So, um, you know, it's still, I, I've got, I can't tell all my stories, but, you know, DC, it's not, it, the, being inside the belly of the beast like it is, is different from the outside. It's a very furtive, everybody knows everything about everybody else. They're dying for information. And there's a lot of really sketchy stuff that happens that never comes out to the public. Thefts, all kinds of crimes, uh, blackmail operations, just tons of stuff. So I had seen that firsthand. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I was fortunate. I've been fortunate. I've been off, I would say, I've been off the private plane, you know, uh far away motel where nobody else is that I've been off of that
1: routine for decades. So i
0: I definitely, I mean, I could, yeah, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you've been, you've had to be operating that routine yeah, for decades. I, okay.
0: I mean, people don't know what I'm thinking, but I'm watching things differently than maybe other people would be aware. I mean, the thing is, is that I probably dealt, I mean, Justin Ball actually was talking about how he met a couple people that were sketching him out when he was in D.C., and I, I believed it. When I was out there in Springfield, I said to him, I bet you'll meet some new people. And what I meant to him was, you'll meet either somebody from the state or somebody who wants to know what you're up to, whether they're from the Masons or what. And for me, I know that's what happens. I mean, when I was working for John Clark, there were guys following us around. There was a guy actually intimidating Patrick Knowlton. Patrick Knowlton was the original guy who was at the Fort Marcy park. And there were people intentionally intimidating him. So they would walk by him with briefcases. They would stare at him. And I witnessed it. And I saw pictures that aren't public that I, that verified all that stuff. And I had seen people with lens and they're doing it to intentionally let you know they're watching, you know, and that's from 1995, 96. So, you know that for me, it goes way. Back. I'm I'm 20 years past. You know, so I think that I knew what the what the risks were and what the game was before I started. Before I even published Prophet View. I mean, it's very serious. Actually, it's very very serious. Like everything that you see, and the, the George Bush death and his funeral, it's all theater. That was a whitewash of all the stuff that the Bush family's done at the National Cathedral. Which really isn't isn't really a denominational cathedral, and if they have very strange sculptures out front that are flat out occult, you know. So the natural cathedral, people assume that it's a Christian cathedral, that's not necessarily the case.
1: So, so that, that was an interesting event, though. We were, we've been joking among my friends. Uh, I see Tony Floyd's here. God bless you, and, and Scott. Neighbor Scott says JP Car. But there's some amazing comments going on in the in the comments section. Um, but i just wanted to say that when he died it was almost like saruman falling from the white tower like the white wizard you know <laughs> getting and just some kind of earthquake yeah. which there was an earthquake in anchorage there was that huge wow. earthquake and it was like a shift took place and then notice that as soon as that happened also all this information about mk ultra starts coming out right. like yeah. as if it, it was like some kind of a you know, one of these Sith Lords had, uh, passed away and, you know, (laughs) you can't really
0: closer to the truth, man. I mean, the guy was a high adept and I write in prophet of evil. He knew the number 77, his aircraft carrier is 77. He wore a hat like the fez hat, which is a 77. And, uh, that goes back to Crowley's numerology. And seven is the number of the self-perfected man. So it's kind of like an occult way where you perfect yourself in a worldly way, not as a Christian way. So, he knew it all, and you and I had talked about the thousand points of light and George Bush Jr., yeah. and, I mean, the Crowleyism really goes through that family. If you go to 9-11, 11 is the number of magic, but also the new world order. That's Crowley's number was the number of transformation, tra- that in 418, actually. Uh, 418 was a Kabbalistic number, and it's interesting because Johnny Depp's uh, movie, Transcendence, came out in April 18th, and that was about the singularity and the transformation of the world actually kind of in a, a technological ascent of one individual to kind of a technological godhead. But uh, that's an aside. But yeah, Bush knew all that stuff and all those things that he referenced in his, his speeches, but it shows the incredible power in planning that he knew 11 years to the date that nine eleven was the big date when he gave that speech on September 11th, 1990, the new world order speech, the famed speech. So, he was really a Rockefeller henchman, and that's why when the whole banking system collapsed, who who emerged from the rubble at the top was Chase Manhattan, which is the Rockefeller Bank, and all those other banks burned out, Washington Mutual, I mean, just to Bear Stearns. They just didn't have the political juice to get the tarp funds and stuff like that, so their uh, shareholders got nothing, but Chase is still around. it's still a dominant bank, which is the Rockefeller Bank. and uh, David Rockefeller and all these guys really were the a controlling hand behind Clinton and Bush. So they knew where the real power was. And that's the kind of power that can adjust laws, own the media, money's not an issue because the Rockefellers are in deep with you know, the Federal Reserve. They're one of the general shareholders of this money, wealth creation bank. It's an incredible non-constitutional entity. So um, yeah, Bush, you know, it's so true. Like it was really like a demon left the earth and his power was immense and it, long standing. Longstanding, and he might have. Some people speculated that George Bush Sr. was at the Daltec building at, at Kennedy and shot Kennedy in the back, that he was one of the shooters. Wow. He was, yeah, he was known as a big game hunter. You know, a lot of people don't know that, but that family uh, had that. So he might have been one of the one of the three or four assassin teams uh, at the Daltec, and we know, the public know, that he was in Dallas the day of the big, you know, operation. Uh, November 22nd 1963 so um, yeah it's really incredible and he's tied into so much stuff Castro and and Cuba all these Cuban killers that are around uh, the death of so many people I mean if you read the the family of lies family of secrets I can't remember the author's name but some of those things about these guys just begging Bush for their lives they got killed can't remember there was the German guy from uh, Russia it was like sending letters to George Bush and those letters exist. Like I won't say anything. Everything's fine. I swear. And then he got shot in the face with a shotgun. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it goes way back. He's, I mean, the skull and bones network are still around and uh, that whole event. Like, did you see, uh, did you see Cheney staring at Trump? Like he was giving him the death gaze. Like there's a sequence. Oh, it's not a joke. He's like looking at Trump behind his back. Like, and Cheney, cheney earned his stripes what's that
1: it's like, he was like let's go hunting together you know cheney yeah really oh awesome. yeah so not somebody by accident by yeah, accident
0: george bush is an incredible figure and really kind of like uh a caesar type figure to the new rome that america's become it's really a new rome um it's not a christian nation i think that that was the falls kind of gist on their thing is that not everything is Christian. D.C. is not. It was interesting too. There was a comment by Netanyahu that he went to D.C. and he's just shocked at all this occultism, like how how this these symbols, these Jews look. Uh, the head of the Jewish nation looked at D.C. from a different angle, whereas we kind of just take it for granted. He's looking at it like, what the hell are all these statues and you know obelisks and all that stuff like that. So, I mean, George Bush was the son. Of a senator from Connecticut. It's just incredible life, man. The Bush family is just off, off the charts impact upon the country, if not in a positive way, in my opinion.
1: Well, this is, it's important to just bring everything like what we can prove out there for people who are like, oh, I don't believe in God or I don't believe in spiritual anything. Or these guys do. Oh. These guys are literally channeling um, like a fourth dimensional. Um, like the movie contact where they have this blueprint blueprint to build a teleport and they're looking at it like linearly. And then somebody has the idea to put it into a cube. And um, ooh, I just got goosebumps. Cause I had a dream last night of a, of a cube shaped UFO. And I was looking at, it, I was like, wow, I see this thing. It's so detailed and I was recording it. And, but anyway, you put it into this four dimensional cube thing. And then you see this plan that the Clintons and the bushes and, and all this stuff. And then there's the prayers of the saints. And then we're, you know, people prayed Trump in and, and there's good people, there's people in the CIA and the FBI that are good that are exposing Hillary and but it's it's all like, just there's so much numerology. Thank you, Scott, my neighbor, Scott's listening. And there's so much of a need for people listening just to get involved in prayer to support by buying William Ramsey's books that we put the links in there, we're going to put them again at the end. And um, and just just support the whole movement in prayer. Know that everybody's got a very unique part to play in it. We're also kind of in Jedi mode here. You know, there's the fallen Sith Lords and Saruman, and then there's Gandalf and there's Legolas. And, and um, you know, I, I think Aragorn, you know, even just the idea of going into that mountain and, and recruiting an army of spirits, you know, I mean, just try out of the box stuff. Maybe God is going to, He'll send angels to people, and you know dreams, and like it's always by faith. Like I wonder sometimes, how much do these New World Order scumbags do? How much do they actually know what they're doing, or are they just following protocols? And they probably have their, you know, they're like their astrologer that says, "Oh, it's eleven uh, eleven. We got a blah blah blah," and they're like, "Okay, you know, just what?" I mean, That's what do you think? Question,
0: but you know, if you look back in history, a lot of these kings of the earth had people who gave them advice. They had court astrologers, wise men, and there's people out there that we don't really know that they're 33rd degree masons, but they're probably giving advice and counsel and they're working together behind the scenes to create this new world, this thousand points of light. And it's interesting that you uh, brought up this cube shaped form because there, there is the new world order is creating things. There's a tie between... 2001, Kubrick's 2001, 9-11, the UN, and the Georgia Guidestones, is that all of these masons and all of these highest occultists use that same shape pattern, the ashlar of the occult. So then 2001 and the deaths were a superpower. And if you know how evil that symbol was, that symbolizes the UN, that actual shape itself is is really uh, a demonic and like a 30. It's that uh, one author called it the ashlar of the Masons. So that's why the Georgia Guidestones and Kubrick's 2001 and the UN and the Millennium Tower owned by the, the Hiltons at 9 11, which is in the foreground of uh, the deaths and the sacrifice of 3,000 people. Oh, wow. And yeah, um, all of those are built on that same dimensional obelisk not obelisk it's really a monolith strategy and i believe that john f kennedy when he gave his famous speech about this secret society the secret society speech that he gave at american university when he described it as monolithic that's what he was referring to and you can interpret it in two different ways and i believe that he knew that 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 he that he was leaving that as a recording for the future about these secret societies so people can get in so look up the monoliths, look up at all those buildings. So when you say, are these people doing it intentionally? They're networked through a cold orders, man. And Kubrick himself, thirty thirty degree Mason. That's what I found out recently. Him and Arthur C. Clark, both pedophiles. Um, yeah, so it's incredible.
1: Well, even just this, uh, the funny thing is that back then, nobody knew that in about 30 years, everybody's going to be holding one of these. <laughs> and the monolith in 2001 just looks like a cell phone. and now i mean you go around every you know back in the day everybody had like different design cell phones especially in tokyo you should have been in tokyo in 2003 man they had such cool like swivel cameras and different colors and shapes and it was so artistic and nice cameras that could swivel around and and now everybody's got the same black monolith thing that they're just staring at you know and it's it's amazing um all right. Well, uh, I wanted to just jump back into this article again, just really quick. Um, that It's like, why are, why are young, this generation going into witchcraft, says that the millennials are looking for spiritualism outside traditional religion. A hex centers on the notion that we live in a universe of chaos, entropy, destruction, death, decay, with a final ending of oblivion, scientists are telling us. So the witch does everything for themselves. There's no other help in this universe of decay and chaos. If you don't get in the driver's seat, things will just get worse, the witch said. So this is the big article from the Drudge. It seems like people are trying to take everything into their own hands and trying to ritual to hex Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about that. But should we take a little break first? Or um, do you want to just do whatever you, you want? A second to use the bathroom? And,
0: want, yeah. you know.
1: All right. Well, we'll be right back in just a few minutes. And um, stay tuned, everybody. Commercial break. All right, let's put on some La Musica del Nintendo's SL Muy Caliente and El Presidente de los Estados Unidos. Okay, I can't speak Spanish. Actually, okay. Here we go. Shall we shall return in a moment. We're still live on Facebook, YouTube, um, Friends Radio Network, guys. You guys just uh, feel free to chime in, and we will enjoy.
0: Yeah. Hearing. If you want to uh, take questions, I'll take some questions. Whatever. If anybody wants to answer uh, any questions they have with me?
1: Sure. If you want? Sounds good. Okay. We're still live. Tea time, Scott. Go get some tea. Hey, Linard. I'm
0: making tea right now. Making myself some chai tea.
1: All right. Um, I'll take mine with no sugar. Thank you. Uh, I like mine
0: extra spicy. This is it. All
1: right. I have some coffee.
0: Not too milk. Not too milky.
1: I'll take a vodka tonic. uh... Here we go. BRB. see who we got here i want to thank everybody for listening live and commenting and um just people praying for each other in the chat and just being good christians so michelle carmela saldana god bless you from la says we gotta not forget about star wars okay (laughs) you're right (laughs) so much to talk about in that um team jensen says that there's a lot of Aleister crowley stuff in um michael jackson's materials i didn't know about that interesting
0: obelisk 77 he had a 77 on his like uh on one of his clothing he had so he, he he was he was acquainted
1: and it seems to me that michael jackson must have tried to do some good you know in the 90s he got a really nice and sweet and then they killed him <laughs> you know i mean no offense but like they they do not like it when you don't go along with their plans like you know not, 2009 was the year it was all about Lady Gaga and like Miley Cyrus and, you know, and then here comes Michael Jackson and he's going to be singing about love and being together and reaching out and being friends. And, you know, I mean, God bless his heart. Like at least he had some, some sense to, but you know, they the doctor. Did you hear about that? They, they know that he was killed.
0: Oh, so the doctor intentionally killed him. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. how do you know? How do you know that?
1: Just look it up. It's It was already um, a kind of a suspicion when he died all of a sudden from just some medicine or something. Now, as far as I've heard, as far as I have seen and, and read, it was an intentional murder. Um, the media didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but it's just amazing these stars, you know, they um, they of course, they made a lot of money off of his death too. I heard there was something going on with like a lot of debt that was owed and the uh, companies were losing money and they wanted.
0: Did you know that all these companies make money off the deaths of all those people? Cobain. Yeah. You know, all these guys make money. Once they, de- once they die, People, their sales spike because <laughs> there's net- no more music. That's it. Yeah. So for now, uh, Bennington, all these guys, all suspicious deaths by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So don't sell your soul and watch out. Like, I mean, uh, Katie Perry, what if she starts to try to sing, you know christian music again done uh, okay jp carpet has a question why carpet. is trump acting weird why is what trump what what's trump act? why is trump acting weird we were talking off air yeah a little bit about the um the wall what's going on with trump's wall a lot of people are getting getting confused even michael savage yesterday and i had a miracle happen with uh michael savage which i'll share later um riding around hawaii um but what do you think? What's going on with Trump? What's Why is he acting all weird suddenly?
0: Well, I think that he's got a lot of challenges. You know, he really is an outsider. He didn't have a political team. So I think that uh, that's making it difficult. All he has to rely on is his family, it seems like. And this investigation by Mueller has hamstrung him and all these other people, you know, who might be helping him. They're all going to jail, man, of course in jail. They might be helping him, but uh, so... <clears throat> he's under a lot of pressure, you know, I think that they're making him sweat a lot. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's wrangling with these very powerful bodies, the federal reserve. And, uh, so, you know, these, these are very dangerous situations for him. I hope he, I hope he recognizes the danger.
1: And it's interesting how they cut him off too. Um, I've been listening more to Michael Savage recently. He's very eloquent and very educated, um, a lot like you, Mr. Ramsey, and we really uh, need to all band together because you know Michael Savage said that he he was offended that Trump did invite him back to the White House this year when he invited all these other people, and then he found out later from certain people in the White House that were good, I guess, that there was an intentional uh, um, an effort to keep anything Savage from reaching Trump and from the Trump people. So there was an actual um, insidious. You know, basically a conspiracy to just keep him isolated from people that really love him and are fighting for him and supporting him, and you know, to make Trump feel like he's all on his own and he can't trust anybody, you know. And isn't that what he does, what, what Satan does to all of us?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I think, uh, yeah, he, he's he's up against for somebody who's not an experienced politician, he's up against some serious challenges. I'm in an interview.
1: It's okay. If you, need to, if you need to take care of yeah, stuff, I can second. read some of these comments here. JP Carpet oh. says, Mike, you are versed in demonic warfare. You don't see things. Yes, I do see things. Dupsy Davy, pray for her. Something is very scary. Uh, a room was turned into a giant safe to keep some things protected. They found tan- satanic drawings on the wall, and there were very small, tiny words. Whoa. Where was this? Whoa. Several nights ago, one of our listeners, Dupsy Daisy, Um, not too long ago, she was attacked at night spiritually and couldn't figure out why. And uh, Dupsey was this, oh, it was a girl staying with them. I'm reading backwards here. A girl was staying with them in a spare bedroom several months ago and she left. So, um, and there she'd left all these little satanic words and small stencils on the walls. And she, Dupsey, who's a great Christian, um, was getting attacked. And, um, so, Wow. So that room was turned into a safe to put things there. And then they, while they were moving things, she found words like lust and death. And she's saying, please pray for her. Well, Dupsey, don't be afraid. And JP Carpet, thank you. He's saying, Dupsey, anoint it with olive oil. Uh, don't give attention to the spiritual things that they thrive off of fear. Amen. That's true. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. Very good. Oh, Satanic things in Trump. I don't know. I mean, you know, like this whole whole Cyrus thing, I have to say, I kind of agree with that. Like, I I don't expect Trump to be some kind of a Christian saint, you know, and I don't trust him necessarily with my soul or anything, but he's definitely, like, attacked to the point where I just look at where is Satan fighting right now, and if, like, the eye of Sauron has moved to the front of the gate where you see, you know, Legolas and Aragorn are coming, you know... I'm going to use that situation and get to Mordor to the volcano with the ring and fulfill the mission. Sorry. I just watched Lord of the Rings. And you know, that scene, if, if all of our, the eye of Sauron right now is focused on Trump and destroying Alex Jones, destroying Michael Savage. They're taking him off the air soon, destroying any YouTube channels that make fun of Hillary and show her as like a total loser. And they're just, you know, then this is our chance to get whatever it is done that we need to get done. All of us have some mission to fulfill and this is something to use not to be like well i don't know if i can trust trump or not it's like hello like that giant spotlight is not on you anymore go for it you know like touchdown time for all of us
0: great point actually but trump has made some i mean you can say he may not be an optimal christian but he's made some great decisions about the paris accord the global warming climate change hopes and taking people out because Look at the French who actually are taxing their citizens through these bogus uh, taxes that are, that are supposed to be by the UN. Uh, this evil entity that probably, you know, was funded by the Rockefeller and Rockefeller land actually in Manhattan, much like the the twin towers. <clears throat> but uh, so by his actions, and look at this recent thing in Syria, he's taking the troops out. So why are we even in Iraq and Afghanistan? It's pretty crazy to think that we're ha- We have a, uh, base halfway around the world in some population. We, I mean, why are we there? So um, bias acts and this building the wall, and actually standing up for the rule of law is uh, positive, right? I mean, these people are lawbreakers. Yeah. And it's pretty sad to think that we've come to the point where, I mean, immigration, for example, is a perfect example. People say you're cruel to mean you're anti-immigrant when the country takes in a million immigrants or like 900,000 a year. It's off the charts. It's all it's almost a whole nation one year at a time. So to think that you want people to fulfill wow. fulfill immigration requirements is okay. Are you a criminal? Are you sick? Get better. Do you have leprosy? Um are you into trafficking? They literally we're at an age where Like, it's like the new Roman Empire where these people around us are trafficking people for a variety of different problems. You want to know that. So I think it's okay, and I think it's moral to have a wall and actually to just ask people to go through the legal means to become a citizen in a very generous country. The United States is very generous to take in immigrants where, you know, other countries, it's not even, don't even ask. Switzerland or someone like that, it's a joke. So to think that, I think that to say Americans cruel for, for that, and- I mean, I live in Los Angeles. We're full, man. No way. We, we don't need another. We don't need more people. You know, we don't certainly a country with 22 trillion dollars in debt doesn't need people who aren't going to uh, provide or, or create businesses or jobs. So you want to make those the type of people who come to the country. It's that simple. We're not going to exist. I mean, that's a whole other issue about the Trump has to deal with is this massive deficit in debt that uh, is really looming over. There's going to have to be some kind of debt relief or something like that if things don't change.
1: Well, um, and I was just looking at the comments Scott made about what's the next 9/11 going to be, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's if they're just going to make it like a civil war type thing, like just try to get all the, the kind of the libtards so libtardy, and that might be their plan to make them just so obnoxiously out of control. Like I will fight for the transgender boy who's you know at the strip club and i will die for him and i think your child should join him and it's like if no you crazy boy you know and then you're gonna have yourself a civil war with these people that literally are fighting for satanism and they're so dumb they probably even know that no they're fighting for satanism yeah it's really true like half the people i talk to are just absolutely alistair crowley 100 without even knowing who that is yet you know and it's so important your voice is so important. Make sure you guys buy William Ramsey's books and listen to Re- William Ramsey Investigates um, all over Podbean and Fringe Radio oh, Network. Fringe, we carry your show Fringe, and Spreaker, yeah. and you know you can find that there. And it's it's crucial. And uh, but do you think do you envision like a civil war type scenario, or is there anything like like you guys are talking about with the Belly of the Beast? You know that documentary. No, um,
0: yeah. well, I of- never thought I'd be talking about civil war. You know, I didn't know that within the last couple of years it would be like that. But I think that. It's a potential, and I've talked to other people. Uh, I was talking to John B. Wells, and I was like, you know, all it took to start the, the original Civil War is a couple of things. It was the raid on Harper's Ferry, where people got killed by John Brown, and then the bombing of Fort Sumter, and that was it. And then everything started moving. So it's not, how, and that's the same thing about World War One. You had this kind of crazy killing of uh, Franz Ferdinand that all these started the engines moving and the gears turning. So it could even happen here. And they're talking about this lack breakdown of civility and this lack of, uh, you know, cohesion back when they had the left and the right in this country, they had overlapping interests that were still similar. And now those two circles have separated where they're not even, they can't even agree on anything. Although I have to say they did agree on the crime bill that just got passed. So kudos to them for that. But, Um, I do think that you, we could hit a civil war. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine having to uh, subject your kid to sex education at six years old or this whole thing where they're allowed, they're literally allowing people to have sex changes when they're nine or 10. It's insane. It's totally immoral and crazy. And uh, all this stuff that really, I don't think people could tolerate to live with, you know, you want us to live and then people will fight for that. Like, no way, this isn't going to happen. So um, civil war, I would I think that it's a potential right now, you know. And the country is really a difference between the urban and rural parts are not connected anymore. You know, there's an mm-hmm. urban elite and uh you know, and then the rural people have this kind of traditional value. So they don't see eye to eye at all. And one of the problems with the country right now is we can't even verify our vote. So the votes like Hillary states that she won the popular vote, the whole thing is you can't even you can't Tell me that's true, Hillary. Hillary follower proved to me that all those votes were legit. So all the stuff that went down in Broward County—if you think that that's the only place in the country that's happening—I think those anybody who thinks that's naive. They're doing it in Chicago, all over California. When they did the primary with uh, Bernie, they took all the votes out and just threw them in the garbage and nobody verified it. So that's a—I re- mean—to think that this sophisticated, high-tech company, uh, country cannot verify the votes, I think, is out, off the charts and doesn't do anybody any favors in, uh, you know, thinking that the law is, uh, is paramount. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I wanted to mention too. And we're going to do a show uh, coming soon with Johnny Iron about the, uh, the law in the book of Jasher and just how there is this lawlessness that I don't think people really understand what's taking place with the LGBTQPTNXL1LTX apostrophe, because it's not just about um, even only giving gay rights or pedophiles' rights. It's really just not having any law. And if you look at the book of Jasher's account of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was really a, a group of people who in that city, in those cities were, were given over to a love of evil. Like they loved to do horrible things, and there's no law. It was utterly Crowleyism on crack, you know. So... Um, Isn't that I don't what
0: know, well, before the flood? I mean, it was the same kind of ideal. That's why God flooded the earth. It's the same thing, lawlessness. So, yeah. I think that this growing law lawlessness, they said, the world will end and will resemble the days of Noah, right? So, you're seeing this slide, rapid slide, into that do what thou will lawlessness, and I think that that's disturbing for everybody. I mean, you're probably, in the future, people are going to have to find some type of shelter, you know, like a Christian underground or something, some form of catacomb, you know, like they did 2,000 years ago. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. And wait till they, if those people come back into power, somebody different than Trump, and they start mandating that stuff, then you're, you're outside of the realm of personal freedom. And it's like, are you going to go along with this this kind of order or not? I mean, it's like you see, you see in a microcosm is maybe like Jordan Peterson arguing with these people about uh, prefaces, and all these other things. What if that became law? He's fighting the good fight. What if you had to actually tell your kids or something, oh, yeah, um, you can go to jail for not giving somebody the right preface to their name or something? I mean, it's off the charts. So.
1: Oh, that's the thing. It's like, it's the most outrageous thing. That might be one reason that we will have uh civil war is that it's so outrageous when people come to your house and say, and demand your kids. And believe me, I've talked about this before many times, but just in my own experience, the the way people can misuse the legal system. And in my experience in Taiwan and with the uh, children of God cult people, they'll have a Christian face or they'll have a, Oh, we can do no wrong sort of face. And then they'll turn around and, and just do the most heinous possible and imaginable and then just keep going like the narcissistic disorder is that they never back down they never apologize and they just are almost like on a self-destructive um course like they're going for broke you know that's our term i hear a lot about these illuminati satanists is that they just they're going for broke and they're motivated almost by this energy that just is like they have to do evil it's just amazing like how how hard they work do you you know, think we, power of lucifer it's like what's with what the christians man we're all like you know hobbits in the shire you know eating second breakfast and you know here comes the the new world order but they're weak though like if you stand up and fight they they crumple you know but they don't they don't get much resistance you know not Except enough for william Ramsey get
0: a little bit Try, you try to expose, right? You try to expose them, but um, it's really the truth. I mean, I, I don't know. Can you imagine if Hillary won the election where we would be right now, two years in? God only knows. With Podesta as her chief of staff, he would have got into a high position, either as secretary of state or some other high level thing. I mean, can yeah. you imagine like them going being president and she's going to spirit cooking rituals with him? And there's maps, you know, the minor attractive person. One of the things, did you read about that Rolling Stone article that tried to whitewash him? Uh, no. Yeah, so Rolling Stone came out with an article trying to discount what was called the Pizzagate, you know, conspiracy theory lie. And they overlooked and and really ignored, in a very skilled way, omitted many of the other emails that were in the emails that Seth Rich took and gave to, to WikiLeaks. Pretty much you can conclusively say Seth Rich was the leaker, wasn't hacked. So they're maintaining this wow. lie direction. Yeah. I mean, I would say with uh, pretty much a 95% accuracy, it was Seth Rich and, wow. and Julian Assange, when he was asked that question, you know, it sounded like yeah. he was referring to Seth Rich when the guy, the guy from the Dutch interview, I don't know if you remember that, but, uh, the, the things that were interesting is the word Crowley's word, Philema was mentioned in the uh, In the, the Podesta emails, can you do a philema for me, which is very interesting, which in cruelty system, Gematria or cabalic uh, adds up to 93. But also the thing where the lady who was in, I think it was Connecticut or Long Island said, yeah. you know, hey, John, I've got a map with a handkerchief. And map is the new neologism, right? It's the new term. Instead of saying pedophile, which has a, well-deserved negative con- cor- correlation or connotation. They're trying to rename it, oh, you're just a minor attractive person. So the fact that he knew that and somebody said that in an email to him, which is a semi-rarified term into a subgroup of a subgroup would know, I should tell people quite a bit. So they tried to whitewash him on Rolling Stone and he was a person. But one of the good things uh, about Twitter is that every time Podesta posts, and tries to put something like his on. Nobody's buying it. He gets about a hundred to a thousand comments calling him Skippy and giving him a hard time. And uh, so I think his reputation is toast, uh, deservedly. Yeah. Because I think that, yeah, that 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 campaign to get Hillary Clinton into power was an atrocity in a variety of different ways. Like she was way too sick. She's super corrupt. She doesn't care really about the country. She had special access programming on her thing. Uh, they just had a revelation from uh, Huma Abedin's ex-husband that, do you know that in the court documents, it didn't say that he had child pornography, it he was producing child pornography. Oh, wow. Anthony Weiner, yeah. Somebody actually read the court documents. Wow. So, yeah, so uh, really bad associations. And she never should have. I mean, I think she was just taking the bull by the horns and trying to get... I think that actually the relationship with her and Clinton has always been her in the background wanting to be president all the way back to the 80s, all the way back that she had Bill, and she might be the real brain behind Bill Clinton, and one of the reasons why Bill Clinton was so corrupt and so out of control was the way that she structured their dynamic, is like, okay... You can just have seven girlfriends or whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run off and do all the policy stuff and to make all the important decisions. Kind of like uh, the relationship between the mother, the the husband, and the son, in Manchurian Candidate. You ever
1: see that? That the is original I've never Manchurian. Made that connection. Yeah, the mother would be Hillary, and the son would have been. Clinton, whoa.
0: Oh, so, no, The husband, like the fuddy-duddy husband, like Clinton is still smart. Bill Clinton, don't get me wrong. But he has very strange, you know, he's, he's not like, uh, he's, there's a certain sophomoric immaturity about him. And I think that that possibly is encouraged by her. And that's why they went all the way. And that's all the trail of murders was always to cover up their reputation for her eventual presidency. That's my. That's kind
1: of just that sophomore character in um, Bush Jr. too. Just this kind of sniveling, smirking. Even when he's giving an important speech, he just sounds like he's on the edge of just looking, looking over and just kind of you know making a snarky comment. Right. And that, I really want to see the movie um, Vice with yeah. Dick Cheney. That looks so good. Just it's gonna be great comedy. But yeah. Uh,
0: but uh, I think that that's kind of these relationships. Look at George Bush Senior. and Dan Quill. He obviously picked Dan Quayle as somebody who was sophomoric and immature as his running mate to never be a threat. It was always just somebody he could send out. And the relationship with Bush Sr. and his son is possibly like that. Like, this is my little obedient servant, and I'm going to have him do what I want. Did you ever read uh, The Prophet of Evil? I talk about uh, Hunter S. Thompson talking about when George Bush Jr. won. And he described George Bush Sr. as a wolf. A smiling wolf with a sheep in his mouth. And uh, Hunter S. Thompson said that it was planned all along and they always knew that George Bush was going to win. That's what Thompson said. He was a very astute political observer in addition to being somebody who liked snuff films, according to the rumors. But, uh, yeah, Hunter, let me find this quote. It's amazing.
1: Well, it's – um. It's all out there, and all this information you can't argue with it. It's just it's all documented. That's that's why it's so important to have your voice out there. William Ramsey, William Ramsey investigates. Really big pleasure to have you on here on the Fringe Radio Network, and this is um, Michael Basham on Spirit Wars, and we're just enjoying uh, getting into just the heart of the belly of the beast and all the hilarion and the hilariously obvious stupid things that these narcissists do in plain daylight. You know, it's just about time that everybody stands up and finds out what's your part to play. Even as a viewer, there's a lot coming out about quantum physics of just observation. And you know, Josh Peck did that thing about the human eye, like shattering all known physics. And um, that when you even know this stuff, there is power to observation. You know, to knowing these things. You know, and the occult is obsessed with that seeing in the dark. You know, the the owl and you know that when we say no i see you you know then they're like (laughs) oh and they they don't want you to see them they don't want you to know this stuff there's a reason that they're taking everybody offline right now so it's important to kind of do what you can if you can't support uh through purchasing the books and uh supporting through patreon hey do you have a patreon yet i do william randall yes hey all right, let's.
0: I've got some uh, good stuff on Patreon. I've got something planned for next month too, is my occult in- analysis of Stranger Things, and have information that nobody knows about that whole that whole thing that whole project. But they uh, use ele- the chief girl in there is eleven, right? Her name is Eleven, so nice. she's a member of magic. But they wow. use seventy sevens and all this stuff, and and there's uh, some elements of sex magic in there so there's a lot of material there wow i
1: can't oh my remember. gosh i totally forgot about that i didn't yeah. i wasn't really aware of um 11 so uh let's definitely bring that up into the chat so people can i mean if you guys can just just you can donate through uh patreon there and it's really an awesome platform right now, although we don't know how long we're going to have it. We might have to move to another platform because they're even taking people off of Patreon as well. But
0: uh, oh, here, here's, here's George Bush talking. Intensely idealistic and yet tempered by where they sought to build a new kind of bridge, a bridge between nations, a bridge that might help carry humankind from its darkest hour to its brightest day. So this whole bridge to the new world order uh, behind in the dark ages where they belong to press forward to cap, So there's the cap on the tombstone. Press forward to cap a historic movement towards a new world order and a long era peace. all Masonic. Wow. Yeah. Off the charts. And then he says, here it is. Emerge from the grit and smoke of the industrial age to bring about a revolution of the spirit and mind and begin a journey to a new day, a new age and a new partnership. So he's a new ager. He just, just blaring out. It's crazy. I'm trying to find this Thompson quote. It's off the charts. Oh, here it is. So this is Thompson, quote, there was one exact moment, in fact, when I knew for sure that Al Gore would never be president of the United States, no matter what the experts were saying. And that was when the whole Bush family suddenly appeared on TV and openly scoffed at the idea of Gore winning Florida. It was nonsense and the candidate utter nonsense. Anybody who believed Bush had lost Florida was a fool. The media, all of them were liars and dunces or treacherous whores trying to sabotage his victory. Here was the whole bloody family laughing and hooting and sneering at the dumbness of the whole world on national TV. The old man was the real tip-off. The leer on his face was almost frightening. He was like looking into the eyes of a tall hyena with a living sheep in its mouth. The sheep's fate was sealed, and so was Al Gore's. The whole presidential election, in fact, was rigged and fixed from the start.
1: Sure was. That's absolutely the way it's been. I think that's why a lot of people are so jaded. They don't think there's anything they can do. Yeah. And... um realize that we're actually winning
0: yeah Trump wasn't supposed to win this is
1: not supposed to happen
0: Trump, I actually going. I actually think that the Podesta emails were such a big uh, problem and the spirit cooking through Jones and promoted by all these guys that that was really the key to winning and, and something for Trump winning and the reason I think that is because in this Rolling Stone article they tried to make the position that it was the opposite of that. They said in there, oh, these are inconsequential, of no meaning to anything. But I think that the opposite of that was the truth, that people could see the occultism, the spirit cooking, Marina Abr- Abramovich right in front of your face, and uh, they didn't like it. They didn't want that future for their kids.
1: That's or the that's thing kid. this whole dynamic of, oh, okay, we're joining Satan, haha, ha, whatever, I don't believe in God anyway, I don't believe in Satan. Whatever. We went to this Masonic meeting and oh there was a spirit cooking dinner, oh, whatever. And, you know, you don't realize like how real it is until you're in it too late. And then a lot of these people, like I think originally probably a lot of these elites and movie stars and musicians, they just do it almost like going to church. It's like, ah, I just go to church once a week, whatever. But once they get to the point where they realize they're going to do this, then they have a change of heart and they're like oh my gosh my grandchildren aren't going to have a ha- like a home to live in the planet's going to be destroyed and this stuff is real like they're going to depopulate the planet right. whoa and i think there's enough people that had a change of heart that you know now we are um having that um that change of heart <clears throat> so, yeah, so. what can be done though what's your vision for the future though because i mean what can the, the one question scott and i had and scott's still in the chat and he said thank you for the um your work in the belly of the beast as well and i hope that uh we'll also get a hold of your books soon mm-hmm. um he got the whole set from skywatch tv and we're just like you know it's like christmas time like <laughs> opening up the box and they gave him all of michael heiser's books and right. all this Dude. but um what what can be done we we had this question like there's so much evil and there's so much occult stuff going on. And there's so much insidiousness. It's like watching 10 horror movies back to back. And you're
0: like, oh, it yes, really it's overwhelming. It's intense. Well,
1: what what's the, uh, the, the flip side, you know, what did they even talk about? Was there anything behind the scenes that they were like, well, we aren't afraid of this. We're going to win because.
0: We're. Uh, God wins in the end, right? Christ wins in the end. So that's one thing. But here now, we don't know when the end, the actual end is, but to stay informed. And I think of people that the, the rank and file of the American people, if they're properly informed of the occultism, they will continue to put people like Trump into power. They'll put total outsiders. I could foresee somebody in the education field or something win it. And they won't put in these Yaleys who are in secret societies like Skull and Bones or some kind of Yale Rhodes Scholar, these ide- elitist ideas where the herd are just people to be sheared, like Crowley said. They won't believe in an aristocratic revolution. Crowley was an aristocratic revolutionary, and you can actually perceive Bush and Bush Jr. as the same. They're really blue bloods. Um, they're really Eastern blue bloods with a ton of money. So that whole Texas kind of thing is just like an intelligence legend. They're really not. They're yale easy, through and through, you know, three or four generations of Yale. So um, I think that education's it and then taking action, you know. I think that Christianity is perfected in action. So I think that people going to vote and making those changes and actually putting it into practice in their lives is really the second second step. Total education,
1: putting we'll, it in. Uh, will you ever run for office, Mr. Mm-hmm. Ramsey? So i don't think i win you know
0: i think I don't, I don't know i'm not uh i've never had a political event but
1: no know. what if you could do this full time like what if you were um able to go ahead and do uh kind of what skywatch tv is doing would you be interested in in um writing articles and going, you know all the way with um just media and everything that they do. I mean, we should probably have like 100 Skywatch TVs if we can support those guys. Well, it and, sure
0: seems like they're able to actually have a good audience. So that's good. They do have a great audience for their content.
1: That's another question. How did they find those people? Is this just Bible Belt? Like where the heck did these Skywatch TV audience people come from? Was it Dr. Future's audience or?
0: A little bit of everything. So I think that it just worked with people being on each other's show. And so Tom Horn started, and he was friends with, uh, oh, now what's the guys up in Idaho? He was on Jones, and so Horn knew him, and Gilbert. And so I think that that just- Quail. Quail, yeah, right. So Quail's been around. So I think that all those guys are pretty much uh, cross-fertilizing each other to increase the harvest, so to speak. I think that that's, that's really how- That's really how that they can produce these things, you know? So I definitely, one of the things you can do to get this new and interesting content is don't support your mass media, corporate media, that's run by four, you know, massive corporate head, corporate hegemonic heads and support people that you think are giving you good information or trying to be honest. So I think that that's, that's also important. And we can really start a new, just really plant the seeds of a new modern civilization. We're undergoing a revolution. A lot of people don't real, realize that, but it's something as important as the printing press is happening right now. It's a 10, we're 10, 15 years in. It's the fact that I'm talking to you and then can re-disseminate this to whoever wants to listen to it at any time. is really a revolutionary event. And it's like Johnny's, uh, the Iron Show. The iron sharpens iron. It really does. You learn to get away from the chaff of lies from bad media and things that in your personality too. You can learn to take right or proper action based upon uh, Christ's teaching. So I think that this revolution needs to keep going and you're right. They're actually trying to shut down this revolution in, in human thought and action, which is, you know, trying to get people's, they did it for YouTube, the demonetizing thing, trying to shut down Jones as, uh, somebody who's an epicenter of all this information and people that he has on his show. So I think that this is happening and that they really don't like the new intelligentsia that's cropping up. So you see things like this guy who was Sargon of Akkad getting his Patreon account, getting wrecked. Um, so these kind of tech heads actually do have some, are, are kind of a new world order. I have to get off Twitter because I heard that the guy who runs Twitter, Jack, Ask this freaking witch for some kind of witch totem, this uh, African American gr- singer who was sacrificing sacrificing chickens in her in her closet. You ever hear that one? I'm
1: not surprised, but
0: yeah. So Jack too is like uh, the guy who's the head of Twitter is just selectively banning people he feels like you know, and he really should ban they're Trump. Not,
1: they're not but, serving us anymore. They're not. are yeah,
0: not. And that goes for Facebook, Google. You know, I really, I wanted to destroy my Facebook account. The problem is, is everybody's on there. So I'm trying to get onto Way, Mines, MeWe, Gab, anything other than Facebook. So I'm not going to, I'm trying not to post there as much. I've kind of reshared things, but I think everybody has to go somewhere else and start posting and start using these alternate uh, vehicles and, and help seed and let those grow. Because Facebook deserves to go the way of my way. They just busted them for selling people's private information. Can you imagine somebody taking your messages, private messages and selling them to Netflix? It's off the charts. So imagine if there was a security or data breach yeah, and people are like talking to their lover or their, you know, serious issues or our business deals. What if that ever got out? So Facebook sold that it's off the charts. It's unacceptable. So I think that the future uh, really people have to be a little bit more independent and and kind of you know don't go to that same restaurant all the time mix it up a little bit you know what I mean go out to other social medias and start seeding on those media sites go follow and see what's going on
1: well I I want to thank you too for coming on uh, as well because you've been you're just one of the heroes of this whole war of the ring and we're also interviewing a lot of new names a lot of people that want to join in the fight they want to get involved and we're all about bringing community together finding that lone ranger out there in the middle of utah that's like surrounded and he's hardly got any friends except for you know podcasters so putting those people on the air is one of our goals and and you're really helping to to um bring our show into a new audience as well um i want to thank you for that well thanks for
0: having me on it's great to be with you Definitely somebody who's so educated and kind of knows the issues. But to bring up your analogy to the Lord of the Rings, it really is like a fellowship. You're bringing in a fellowship of people from diverse areas, backgrounds, coming together and trying to, you know, fulfill this quest. So hopefully that this quest, I mean, you really... You're preventing really bad things from happening. You know, if people stopped, I mean, you hate to make the Nazi analogy, but there are chances to have that horrible thing never really get to that bad. And people did try to kill. You know, there were all kinds of people making these changes, but um, these guys' plans. The thing is, is that people thought that the Nazis were joking. You know, they didn't think they were serious. And when they got into real power, it got really ugly. So the New World Order, I don't think, is a joke. I don't, I don't think the vaccines are a joke. I think that it's like a mini Holocaust, what they're doing to people. So um, getting those words out, I don't trust the vaccine. I mean, don't get me started. If you're giving people a hepatitis C shot or whatever it is, it's just not necessary. So um, that's one part of it. So you got to, if having being educated, I'm aware of this, but this, uh, there definitely is a, a fellowship of people who say, I'm not going to take it anymore. You know? I'm not going to take it without countering it.
1: My, um, and just to do a shout out to my sister, she has a really cool YouTube channel called The Road Abode. And she and her husband did this little living out of your van thing for a year. And they went all over the East Coast and, um, they turned it into an art project and a pretty cool channel. And she told me, and we interviewed them a couple times, and it was just like the people that they met all over the states, there's just this other America that you don't even know exists there. And these are the people that voted for Trump that are just quietly like, Oh, Trump's our guy. <laughs> and, they just yeah. and that's why they couldn't believe. They're like, what? We don't control the universe? You know, Saruman and all these guys are so, uh, Soros, what a great name for a dictator type guy. Such a, you know, and he is a Nazi too, unbelievably.
0: He was still, stole Jewish property and stuff. He said it was the most fun he had, had like taking people's property or something, yeah.
1: And he's the he's the guy that everybody they're calling him man of the year now after he's done all this evil and tried to shut down freedom everywhere and you know we've just had enough of this we're all quietly waiting for something better you know we're all well, we can
0: all, all together we can all do better we can make a better financial system system without false weights weights and measures we can make a better educational system we can make a better political system we can make a better religious system we can do we can do it. Americans are can do it so. I do think we're going through that process of thinking, like, what's the next step? Like, just like you've been pointing out, what is our next step? That's important. That's what people had to think about when they started this country. What's our next step? Okay, we're no longer under the fist of the British Empire. What's next?
1: Well, we did go to the stars. I mean, that's sort of a big next step. Like, I look at these properties, my wife and I are looking at properties all over the states. And We're looking at, like, okay, well, let's look at the coast of California. My gosh, like, every single inch of it seems to be covered with mansions. This place, I mean, this place is getting kind of crowded after 100 years. Like, man, like, maybe it's time to start looking outside, not depopulating the planet, like some loser would think, but actually expanding the race And I think that people having dreams of starships and star battles and bases, and I think that is the next step. I think that's not science fiction. I think we're actually beginning to chart out a course. And one of the things that we need to realize and listen to a lot of your research and read your books is to understand that the elites understand all of these um, astrological occult connections. There is a spiritual side to space that nasa just isn't telling us you know maybe we can just in the final minutes here like what what about nasa what about uh the parsons you know mike jack parsons parsons connections to crowley like that just is so fascinating to me like you know
0: founder of of, uh founder of the jet propulsion laboratory jpl in pasadena and he was Crowley considered him his number one follower in all the world was jack parsons who's the head of the Agape Lodge in Pasadena. And he had all kinds of things going on with L. Ron Hubbard, who took a lot of Crowley's ideas and created Scientology, this kind of uh, new age uh, science fiction religion. And so Jack Parsons, he died suspiciously uh, at his house in Pasadena, but he really uh, was very involved. He actually talked and used to converse with Warner Von Braun, one of the paperclip Nazis. Who came to the United States, and what he what uh what Parsons really did as far as the scientific is he created the jet propulsion, uh, this JATO rocket, which is basically a jet propulsion, uh, thing for an airplane. So that was really kind of what his scientific advancement. But he also they talk about the Babylon working that he did, Babylon spelled 70 it equals 77, so it's spelled B A B A L O N, uh, the way Crowley did it, and so there's a working between him and uh, L. Ron Hubbard, but he also took the oath of the Antichrist, so he thought of himself as the Antichrist, and he made that oath. He said he saw Satan at a very young age, so he was always kind of uh, involved in that kind of a cult thing, but um, there you see the seeding of the global space program, at its very inherent thing was by an occultist. Where are you headed out to? I'm okay. Um, okay, I'm
1: so show. important guys because what he's talking about is the fact that nasa started with this guy and he goes and he's the number one follower of crowley like can you get any more obvious like and then we we spent all of our time now like oh whatever you know we don't believe in conspiracies which is a cia term that made you not pay attention to the jfk assassination right. we don't believe in ufos even though i said uh, the iss uh sorry floridian slip Every time they see a giant object go by the ISS, they just turn off the camera. So, oh, there's nothing going on out there. There's like hundreds and hundreds of people's testimonies that you can listen to in the last year who say they've been off planet, although probably some of it you obviously wouldn't believe. But there's definitely stuff going on. And there's so much witchcraft that goes into it, so much satanic ritual abuse. And um, that's where everything fits together needs to be, um, looked at at least and um one and, of the yeah, sorry continue yeah well one know. of the interesting
0: things about the alien phenomena or ufo is how many occultists are involved in this kind of research whether it's peter lavenda and hanging out with tom DeLong at the to the stars academy rewriting books secret <laughs> secret uh, i think he called it secret machines but he sells spelled secret with a k so k is the 11th number of the alphabet so he's giving a little tip of the hat To fellow occultists by writing it like that. Um, yeah. And the guy, Woodley Streber, also has a process, Church of the Final Judgment connection going back to the 70s, and he was a screenplay writer who then wrote Communion and drew these aliens just like Crowley drew them back at the Alamantra work. And so you see this kind of uh occult that's suffusing all these all these kind of UFOs. So you gotta be an intelligence, intelligence people as well. So you gotta really be careful when you look into, you know, this whole aliens, uh, aliens phenomenon. I see it much more as a modern kind of mythology. Uh, Some of these people do have true stories, but um, I'm finding that they're really supernatural events, not super, um, super planetary events.
1: We had a, a dear friend stay in our house that used to be new age. And then she, converted to Christianity and um, was very instrumental in in a lot of good happening in Taiwan, Um, Jenny Brooks. And she actually had an encounter being abducted and taken to, she thought, an alien planet, but then now she thinks it was Antarctica. And it was kind of all in a vision, but it was a real tangible vision. And it all happened when she was chanting Om and some UFO appeared in the sky and just got brighter and brighter and brighter. And the next thing she knew, she was... In Antarctica, watching you know giant boomerang ships go inside of like a mountain, and there was a garage and uh, all kinds of weird occultic you know symbol things that I, you can listen to her testimony. We interviewed her, but okay. um, I just have to say, like even my own experience with um, alien abduction phenomena and being terrified of it. I don't think I was abducted or anything, but it was it was the realization at ten years old going to Barnes and Noble and realizing all these books are in the witchcraft section. Okay. Hello? Like, do, do I know nothing? My grandfather being Don Basham and writer of Deliverance from Evil, and, like, is this not something that we should maybe be careful with? Mm-hmm. And it was only because of Skywatch TV and and people like Derek Gilbert willing to investigate it, L.A. Marzulli and Steve Quayle. It was like, then, okay, I'm going to get back into this. And sure enough, like, you look at Whitley Striebers, Whitney Striebers, Striebers, um, mm-hmm events in it that movie with um with uh what's his name was he in it
0: was it christopher walken
1: christopher walken oh my gosh (laughs) i got abducted by an alien and it hurt a lot (laughs) and he's you know you know and it's all witchcraft like everything about that is just full of occult weirdness even the weird dances that they do and it's just they're so dirty and they smell like sulfur and you know these entities, these beings that take him on a craft, are really, really satanic. Yeah. Like, they're really satanic. You know, yeah,
0: it's very strange. And they never, they never talk about religion or anything. And I've heard that people start talking about anything else, you know, uh, Christianity or anything, they get delivered or start praying. They pray in these dreams. I've heard that. Um, if you ever see uh, Kenneth Anger's Lucifer Rising. The ritual takes place at the end. It's the representation, I think, of Horus and Isis doing a ritual in front of the Sphinx, right? To know, to will, to dare, and remain silent, right? They're doing a ritual, and then at the very end, the UFO show up. So they're summoning these entities or UFOs or something. Um, So, you know, I I have uh, definitely a nuanced view of the UFO phenomenon. I'm not. I'm not convinced that something tangible, like literally they're holding on to a thing They, in their mind they are, but I I know there's no tangible evidence that these things. So, you know, I don't, I'm still the message. you know, I'm still, I'm not totally convinced. I just want to see somebody tell me something that goes, yes, this is the truth. Because people keep talking about things that are more resemble fables or myths or fireside chats than something tangible. But if you correlate the UFO phenomenon to sleep paralysis, something similar to that, like your body, your something is ha- happening to you. So, um, yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, to be aware of, and I'm glad that, you know, you working with Skywatch TV, I want to thank you for flying over there and doing that. And just, wow, like, I hope that we can all get into this full time. Like, but meanwhile, yeah. Um, we're not doing this for money. I mean, are you doing this for money? I'm not doing this. No. For money. I'm getting I mean oh, we gotta we gotta get some more Patreon supporters going here. But you know what? Even if we didn't, I think we would still I would do money. it.
0: You do know? you are you on Patreon? Yeah. What's your Patreon account?
1: Oh just Michael Basham should Michael be Basham. there somewhere. Okay. Um I, is I, really I'm randy. very thankful for our, our Patreon supporters. There's some really, really great ones there and it's it's an experiment, but you know we're we're planning on getting onto terrestrial radio and working to get yes. a, a professional studio rather than living in a studio <laughs> right now in Waikiki. But God has been really good. You know, it's been it's really a journey. I think the faith journey is more than just what they tell you in church. Um, and um, I know I've God's grow.
0: Yeah, I found my experience to be very rewarding. Just talking to people and investigating and learning things. I didn't know much about the UFO phenomenon. So I learned about that. And so, and also other people's perspective and, and ideas have just really enriched my, it hasn't walked away from my Christian views. It's yeah. verified them. It's trying, you know, I'm firmly Christ overall, you know, really is my, my position after talking to everybody. And it, all these talks and the spiritual events, all verify everything. So for me, it's, you know, it was, it's been very, very satisfying and rewarding. And talking to people like you.
1: Ah, uh, well, thank you. And you have a lot of shows on, on cults and, and you do some really interesting shows. I don't even know how you find these people sometimes. I'm like, how did you get this person on? Oh, I was going to ask you, Um, did you mention, or did I misunderstand that you had looked into the whole matrix and terminator series being um, a forger or like a, what is, what's the word uh somebody, copyright.
0: copyright infringement somebody there was a copyright claim in matrix i did not look into that but somebody has sued both i think there's been suits about the matrix and the terminators people thought their story was stolen yeah but i did not do a story i didn't do a show on
1: that no oh, okay i thought you said you did and i was looking for that but um well, here's to all the future shows that you're going to do. And we just lost YouTube. It just totally shut down. So we're, we're still at one engine going here. Yeah. <laughs> we got to <Don't> talk <laughs> about all tech, damn it. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> engine 5 is no longer on fire, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Facebook people are still here. And we've got Fringe Radio Network going. And I'm going to give you the uh, the link to, if you want to put this on your show.
0: Definitely do. Uh, I would love to upload
1: it, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Johnny's. Like bombing the Facebook chat right now. <laughs> Werner von Braun, Werner von Braun, Werner. Braun.
0: to <laughs> get this, I've actually gone in the, uh, I came across at the US, UCLA, at the UCLA reading room, they have some of Werner von Braun's original papers. And you have to think, he was doing rocketeer work pre calculator. So he was writing all of these extremely intense mathematical calculations out either by hand or something it's off the charts a guy was not operating at a normal level too bad he was i mean he was basically a nazi he was part of the nazi party
1: and what you said is so key there without without um poo-pooing at all like yes it's fairy tale stuff it's ancient mythology except it's a modern mythology that's how we should probably be looking at it is like a, a revival of of those old things and most of them are all totally um, false. John McMahon says, I love William Whamsey. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, aliens? Wow, I love aliens. <laughs> Merry Christmas, peeps. I love what I want,
0: what I want is just somebody to prove to me the, that something, that there's a real tangible thing happening. That's all I ask for. I can't find it. I mean, they tell stories. And I heard Bob Lazar got, you know, that he was... Um, that his stories were not totally true either. You know, isn't there a documentary about Lazar coming up? I think yeah, there's. It's,
1: I mean, they're just trying to, they're just trying to go along with the old story of like Area Fifty One and stolen yeah. alien technology, and but they they refuse to look at the occult side of it, and that's the danger, and that's where we need your voice on it too, just to bring to remind people. There's a good show called uh Secret Space. I really like Secret Space. I'll check it out. <laughs> somebody made a a lewd comment about that name of that. Uh, anyway, it's very, um, it's a good documentary to just bring together all the information about Crowley, uh, Jack Parsons. We have to keep reminding people about that. That's the main, um, thing that people aren't willing to look at is the witchcraft side of it. So anyway,
0: what's the, what's the star of Sirius is supposedly the, uh, the ideal uh, blazing star of the Masons, right, is Sirius, the Dog Star. So you right. see that suffuse all these things of the Sirius conspiracy. It's all like Masonic. That and even uh, Robert Anton Wilson talked about Sirius as being the Dog Star that influenced him. Like he was getting information from, him, which is really
1: weird. The Dog Star, the Canaanites, the connection with Mars that David Flynn always used to talk about. Remember David Flynn, a legend of... Um, yeah,
0: I've never watched his stuff. I've never saw his
1: stuff. David Flynn, for anybody listening that hasn't watched David Flynn, especially you, Willie. I'm whamsy. Sorry. Johnny's hi. John he says he's listening right now. He says, witchcraft? Wow, I love witchcraft. He's joking, guys.
0: Super- we should just do a show on the foundations of, of Western witchcraft if witchcraft is growing and i know the falls were talking about well uh anyway yeah it's i think it's an important subject if it's growing in popularity yeah. uh, showing people where it's you know where it's the the origins i think they might be shocked but it's actually pretty interesting that um gardener went back and there was a there was a book on witchcraft from tuscany that he used and there was all the beast of tuscany these murders were all kind of witchcraft uh, type murders where their organs and stuff were removed. And it's really crazy, but uh, there's, there's some kind of strange correlation. I got to run, bro.
1: For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to just kind of tune into some of the comments here. There's still people listening live and um, William Ramsey, everybody. So everybody applause wherever you are. See you guys.
0: Bye. Thanks, Mike. God bless. God bless
1: Awesome. Oh, Hats off to your, to your work on, with Skywatch uh, news and we'll, we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thank you. Alrighty. Okay. Bye. All right. So I'm going to just, um, for the sake of people that have been commenting and, um, uh, who are still here and Scott Becker says we love Johnny and, uh, thank you for popping in, um, Facebook, everybody. I know there was a lot of comments that we couldn't read, but, um, Tina Jensen in the UK, God bless you. She just went to bed. Scott Becker, we got to bum rush the evil sickos. That's right. Band together like brothers and sisters. Amen. Um, how awesome to get to uh, get to speak with William Ramsey after watching the just, Justin Fall and Tom Horn documentary uh, Belly. The the how, what's the name of it again? Scott, help me out here. Belly of the Beast. Something Belly of the Beast. Awesome. Awesome job and Derek Rosker is listening well if you guys want to pop in for a few seconds here to if anybody has any like post-show comments that you'd like to say um one of the things I love to see on like a debate or an interview is after the guest leaves is when they kind of do like a after show party and they break out the champagne and they're like all right guys how do you think that went And, and you know so I'm gonna go ahead and put the zoom link for anybody that's listening that wants to um add their comments uh no porn everybody <laughs> i've had this happen people like somehow they anyway <laughs> i'm gonna be watching it <laughs> john mcmahon i don't know if we if we can handle johnny on there but if you want to hit hit that zoom link um scott you got to download zoom as well Michelle's listening she heard some of it um Yeah, Michelle, great. Thank you. I'll post the actual video with William Ramsey. I'm sorry I wasn't able to have his video there on the –